to A Dog Called Diversity, a podcast from the Culture Ministry, where we explore the themes of diversity, equity and inclusion through sharing stories of personal and powerful lived experiences, including how people have found their feet and developed their career in diversity and inclusion. We are so glad you're listening in. And if you need some help or support with your diversity and inclusion work, go to www.thecultureministry.com for more information. Michael Lintz is our first podcast guest to do a repeat appearance. Back in June 2020, he wrote a blog post called I'm Exhausted and I Want You to Know Why, which was his reaction to the killing of George Floyd and subsequent protests. So many people asked Michael, what can I do? Michael came on our podcast in April 2021 to talk about his experiences as a black person and share his plans to produce a documentary called Broken Chains to share the experiences and struggles of black people, including his own story in accessing education, healthcare, travel, getting a job, and so on. Broken Chains premiered late in 2021, and in this episode, we learn about how well the documentary is doing, the impact it is making, and what's next for Michael. Here's your host, Lisa Mulligan. Michael Lintz, welcome back to the podcast. Great to have you here. You are actually my first guest who's doing a repeat performance. Oh, wow. Then I'm very honored. Yeah. Pretty special, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, I've been following your journey for a little while. I feel like in a small way, I've been able to have a little part in it, which is really cool. But I guess it kind of started or maybe the catalyst for everything that's happened. I, I don't know if it's fair to say, but was George Floyd's uh, murder in May 2020. Yeah, nodding. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you wrote um, a blog post entitled, I'm exhausted and I want you to know why. So tell us just a little bit about that, just to give us a bit of a refresh. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I, I, the, 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 the murder on George Floyd was really, um, and again, not, not just for me, but just for, um, for the wider community. And specifically for also kind of my, my, my black friends in the U.S., a moment where it felt like enough is enough. Um, you know, yeah. we, we've seen uh, police brutality um, for, for years on end. Um, and, and every time it happened, it, it felt like there was no accountability and we were just kind of na- waiting for the next moment to happen. What inspired me to write an article about it was, well, first of all, the feeling that enough is enough. Um, and, and yeah. second of all, there were so many, um, you know, kind of debates and, and discussions around around the murder. There were uh, Black Lives Matter protests from, you know, Finland to, to Tokyo to, to Washington, D.C. So a lot of folks were just being supportive and, and, and telling everyone, mm-hmm. you know, we need to find a different way because this, this is not this is not not sensible in, in my discussions um, and also kind of being a bit further removed uh, by being in Singapore, um, I noticed that a lot of my friends that were here just didn't fully understand or, or appreciate kind of the the, the struggle for um, for a person of color um, in you know just daily life, whether whether it's travel, whether it's just getting a job, getting into education, getting the right opportunities, um, equal opportunities. So I decided just to kind of share my story and and. Um, make sure that people understood that I might be in Singapore and I might be in a you know, very popular 
venture capital industry and and from the outset mm-hmm. it might it might look successful but it's it's been it's been quite a journey it's been quite a struggle so i wrote this article which kind of talked about my my personal journey um it it talked about you know being called the n word in a meeting um it it just talked about being stopped at the airport being stopped in the us trying to go into an airbnb um, always being nervous when when I'm when I'm traveling because I get picked out of the line it just way too often. So all of those things were kind of you know sort of part of this article, and it, it also kind of talked about sort of is there is there a way forward, and is there a way that we can we can even think of of um, providing equal opportunity for for people of color. Um, so yeah, I decided to write a blog post which I published in June of 2020, uh, which eventually led to uh, making a making a documentary. Yeah. This is amazing, right, from a blog post to a documentary. And, you know, I think I think you're right. I still think George Floyd's murder was a tipping point in many ways and has kind of shaken the world up a bit. And I think we're still seeing some of the impacts from that, positive impacts, I think. Yeah. So we, we spoke in April 2021 when you were well underway to pulling your documentary together. As you do when you're a venture capitalist, you become a documentary producer. <laughs> Tell us a bit about how this idea came about because, you know, not everyone wakes up um, every day and decides to to put a film together. Yeah, it was um, it was it was <laughs> not intended. Um, <laughs> so even, even after writing the article, I, I wasn't I wasn't looking to make a documentary at all. Um, the way it happened was. After the article got um, uh, reposted and reshared, and there was a lot of folks reading it and, and commenting on it, um, a number of corporations um, here in in Singapore, but also in the US and some in Europe, said, "Hey, the fact that you are vocal about this now, uh, you know, you should kind of be a voice uh, for this uh, for this topic." Uh, so I was doing a, like a number of panels and conferences that talked about diversity and inclusion. But at some point, I've, I was like, "This isn't this." <laughs> This is not my job. I mean, I, I I'm happy to to kind of you know uh, to kind of share and um, um, and 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 yeah, be vocal about it. But I still have a day job that that, that I need to be mm. doing as well. So one of my friends, uh, Aaron, who um, who is a filmmaker and runs a video, video production company, he asked me. He said, "Mike, I'm seeing you kind of talk about this topic all the time." Why don't you make like a 30 minutes video that, that kind of talks about the topic and, <laughs> and, and you just yeah. post it somewhere. Yeah. And every time a corporation asks you that you can say, Hey, I got this video that kind of talks about it. So don't stop asking me for panels and stuff. And it's I was a like, great idea. Know, it was a good idea. It was actually was, <laughs> yeah. was a good idea. Um, the, the weird part is, is I was like, I don't want to make a, a video about myself. Um, I've already done the, the article and it feels like, like a lot of me. Um, I said, but, I like the topic of um, um, inclusivity and, and specifically around wealth and, and access to capital and access to education. I like to do something around this topic. So I said, why don't we ask a few, instead of asking me, let's ask a few experts in this field uh, to comment on different aspects of, uh, of racial inequality. And then specifically in my, in my job, which is finance um, around wealth creation. Um, so I asked one of my good friends if, if she could help introduce a professor specifically within this field. And she found um, a professor in, um, uh, in Boston, uh, Tiffany Joseph, that was willing to help. And then we said, well, if we have one person, we should actually find a few. So, and then we find someone in, in, um, in, 
uh, different fields. So sports, um, government, policy, uh, education, um, of course, my industry, venture capital, finance. So before we knew it, we were asking people and, 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 and uh, writing to organizations. And we had about, I think, about 17 guests. We brought up to 15 that we interviewed um, in their respective fields. And then it was like, okay, this is like a full feature documentary. <laughs> this is not we, 30 minutes on YouTube, right? <laughs> no, no, it's not a 30-minute YouTube video. And then we said, you know what? Maybe we should, we should crank up our ambitions a bit more. And, and why don't we go for it and make a documentary and, and try to get it in film festivals and try to use it as a way to, um, uh, you know, to, to help support getting this message out. And, and that's what we eventually decided to do. So in, in, I think in August, yeah, August, September of, of 2020, we decided, yeah, okay, this is going to be a full feature documentary uh, with, with the works during COVID. Um, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, see, let's see if you can actually make this work. Yeah. You have launched very successfully. I was lucky enough to be along to your red carpet launch in Singapore, which is December 2021. Yeah. Was that the first screening, the first public screening? Um, so we, we've done a few. Um, we've done, um, before Singapore, we did Miami and mm-hmm. New York. Um, yeah. So those, those were actually film festivals. So they, they weren't premieres or um uh, those actually film festivals so in in new york we did a virtual one miami we did a we did an in-person one so we, we weren't present uh, in new york we were miami we weren't so singapore was actually the first one which you could call like a mini premiere uh, yeah. or like a like a preview screening for like an actual audience with us sitting in the audience uh so yeah. that was that was pretty much uh, that was pretty much nerve-wracking pretty special too i thought yeah it was, so- it was definitely special yeah yeah. <laughs> so I just want to talk about some of the successes that you've had with the documentary. So you have, I've got your website up now. Um, you were award winner at the Falcon International Film Festival for Best Documentary. You're a winner at the New Jersey Film Awards. You're an official selection for the Urban Film Festival. You were a winner at the Los Angeles Film Awards. You were officially selected for the Impact Docs Award. Uh, you were an official selection for the New York International Film Awards. You're an independent awards winner, a New York Independent Cinema Awards official selection, um, and you were officially selected for both the Paris International Film Awards and the Paris Film Festival. And recently you just won something as well. What was that? Yeah, we won a uh, – and this was a, a huge surprise um, – so the uh, the impact the documentary impact awards they have a yearly award which is a humanitarian award and um, we got I got an email about a month ago and it said yeah you're you're selected for uh, for the humanitarian prize as well your, your documentary is selected I was like oh I, I had no idea this award even existed so that was amazing um, and uh, yeah two weeks later uh, we so we didn't win the grand prize we won the the honorary mention award uh, but yeah still you know we were we were behind a documentary that was done by Matt Damon so I, I, I don't mind <laughs> uh, getting getting second place but it was uh, it was a big surprise and and it it goes to show that um, they're, they're trying to find uh, documentary and filmmakers that focus on um, on social issues. 
um, and mm -hmm. social impact and, and environmental impact as well. So yeah, it was, was really an honor to, uh, to receive an award from them for this, um, you know, kind of for, for the work and, and the message that we're trying to, uh, we're trying to spread. And apart from really being able to spread your message and, and having your film in front of more and more people and so that people can learn more about the challenge of generating wealth um, for underrepresented communities, what do the awards mean in terms of, I guess, are there monetary awards or does it mean that you get the attention of, I guess, bigger filmmakers and, and you know, bigger, I guess, television producers? What do those awards mean apart from the, you know, it's it's amazing to be recognized for the hard work? Yeah, so I think apart from the recognition, it's it's important for us to um, um, to find platforms that, that help amplify our message. And um, what you'll see is that like large networks and distributors and um, uh, and streaming platforms, they look at these film festivals as a way to kind of curate uh, what are what is what is kind of the next best product. Um, our intention with the movie is never to um, to make any money. Um, it's really kind of to spread the message. Um, and you know, even we said if there if there is any monetary gains on this documentary, it just goes back to the community. Uh, and and we'll we'll support initiatives in in that way. Um, but yeah, film festivals are the ideal way to kind of get the movie out there and um, make sure it gets in front of kind of the large networks and the large distributors in um, um, in, in the film industry. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize that. I probably should have if I'd thought about it. But <laughs> so, and we um, it's funny we we learned we learned the hard way because we we actually had no idea how this worked. Um, so we had to ask like folks in the industry like like how do how do we get this film out there? And there's actually yeah. two ways going about it. One is you spend a lot of money uh, on your own marketing, um, or you leverage the film festivals that already have their marketing and have the networks in place. And that's that's a better way for you to um, uh, to get noticed. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about, I guess, you personally, and and you know, you never expected to go on this journey to start with a, a blog post that, and then maybe a thirty minute YouTube video to um, producing a full feature documentary um, that's now had global reach. What has that meant for you personally, and and what have you learned from the the process? Um, well, it, it meant a lot. I, we, we had a number of, um, of, of tough decisions to make, making the documentary. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, we interviewed people that, that didn't make it in the documentary. Um, and then those are all, they've, they've all had amazing comments, but we had to work towards kind of a storyline, um, that sort of made sense overall. Um, so not every, um, interviewee, we were able to kind of put into the documentary, just kind of making those decisions was very, very difficult. Personally, the doing the um, uh, doing the interviews was um, was fairly intense. Um, apart from so, apart from the um, was, I said apart from the late nights uh, because we worked on U.S. times. Uh, so while being in while being in Singapore, um, yeah, we kind of worked on U.S. times, and it meant that we we started production at midnight Singapore time. And then we would end around four or five in the morning. Um, but then I had to get up at seven because the kids <laughs> would wake up and they would have to go yeah. to school. And then I would have to go to the office to work. So it was that, that was that was mentally tough. But even during the yeah. interviews, like hearing all those stories um, about, yeah, you know, uh, successful lawyers or successful investors or people in the sports industry that, that they've all had to struggle 
to get where they are. Um, yeah. that, that, that was, that was like hearing those stories, like was really impactful. Um, and so I learned, I learned quite a bit, um, sort of do, doing, doing the interviews themselves. Um, I think the other thing is, is you're, you're so much into the product, into making this documentary. You, you don't think about impact outside of what you're doing. So even in the process, people were like super curious about, okay, when can I see it? Where can I see it? Um, yeah. When it's going to be available. And it, 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 it felt weird because um, <laughs> you can't imagine that someone actually wants to spend hour and a half of their life to see something that you created or you co-created. Yeah. So that was weird. And then, so the moment people actually saw it and we were getting requests from London and Paris and, and, and Germany and, and um, San Francisco to, to literally come to those places and, um, um, and show the documentary and, and do a Q&A and, and talk to people about it. So that, that was pretty unique um, to kind of go through all that experience. Uh, I think by now, because we're kind of used to it, it, it becomes part of a flow and you kind of know how it works. Uh, yeah. But in, initially, that, that was really awkward to sit in a room where people that you don't know um, are are watching your film, and 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 are you know commenting about it or saying, "Oh, this resonated so much with me because." And everyone had their own little part in the documentary that they specifically liked. Um, it could yeah. be one of the interviewees that, that they resonated with, or a specific topic and then yeah for us it's like a big blur at the moment but for them they're like oh man <laughs> like they said this and and it really hit home for me because of x y and z or um i had a person who is from um, a chinese indonesian descent and she was like yeah you know in a in a in a different way um i also kind of felt this and i would love to talk about it and, and share experiences so it it impacted folks in this in so many different ways it was uh yeah it was really impressive yeah I, I love the notion of unintended consequences and you know they're usually positive things that you, you put something out into the world that you hope will deliver a message and connect with people but you don't know how it's going to connect and you don't know what people are going to take away um and I think the beauty of what you put together there were so many different people talking about different issues there really was something for everyone to connect with um, and I think I really connected with, um, and I can't remember the man's name, but he was talking about trying to get um, investment for his businesses and he was talking about the that ecosystem and how hard it is for black people to access um, startup finance and, and then further investment for their work. And I hadn't, I had never thought of that. I, I know it's hard for women to get investment, but I hadn't thought about other groups and that was really helpful. The whole thing yeah. was great. What were some of the unexpected challenges that you you had? Um, I think one of the one of the biggest ones is the assumption that that everyone is willing to help because it's such an important topic. Um, so we they weren't we, what? Yeah, because we we had to go through a lot of no's still. So a lot of folks okay. were yeah, a lot of folks were like, you know, Mike, it's an important topic, but not for us at this moment or yeah you know we want to help but may maybe make the documentary first we'll have a look at it and and see if it's if it, if it kind of fits our narrative and i was like oh man this this feels like it <laughs> feels like fundraising <laughs> all over again yeah. um, so it was that that was a hard realization that um a lot of folks that that not a lot but the folks that 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 say publicly hey we want to be supportive but when you ask them for actual support you don't get it um so it, that wasn't easy um, I, I was, I was concerned about me putting myself out there, um, on, on such a 
just difficult topic. People don't like to talk about racism um, and, and whether it, it's in a business setting or in a social setting, um, it's, it's a difficult topic to discuss. People, people tend to be very careful how they pick their words, what they say to you, what they can't say to you. Um, so that was, that was difficult because I had to kind of navigate those discussions and, and make people feel comfortable talking to me about it. It, sometimes it was kind of mentally a bit draining because you, you notice when someone is very careful how they pick their words and you still want to make them feel comfortable and have a conversation with you. So that was, that was, that was difficult for me to navigate. Yeah. Well, it's hard when the onus is on you to make someone else feel comfortable about talking to you. That's, yeah. that's very hard. And, yeah. and so we still have a long way to go in that work. Our, our, one of our concerns uh, was really around... Um, you know, is is sort of the the moment after George Floyd is that sort of a bit of momentum moment, and that's going to like like be gone again after like a year or like a year and a half, and then we kind of you know go back to our old ways. I think that was the other one other thing that was very difficult is trying to keep momentum and 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 try to keep people's attention uh, to the topic, mm-hmm. whilst you know there's other stuff happening on in the world as well. Um, and people kind of go back to their, you know, they kind of the daily stress and, and forget about this important topic. Yeah, yeah. And we even see that the attention is not put on the right thing. So we had um, two Hollywood movie stars punch, one punch the other at the Oscars, and that got more attention than some guy shooting a black woman, an elderly black woman. Like you just... Yeah. Yeah, so you're competing against all of that stuff as well. Sure. Yeah, it's very, it's very hard. So, so now that you're um you're a big documentary producer now, Michael. <laughs> what's next? Are, are you what are you planning your next doco? Are you <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I I vouched to never make a documentary again. Uh, <laughs> I I have renewed respect for filmmakers and and uh and, and producers because it's uh it's a very difficult very difficult job um it's nearly impossible to combine with 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 my day job as a as a vc um yeah. i i do so it's unlikely that i'll make another documentary uh i might be supporting one uh ah. I, won't, I won't be making one <laughs> let me put it this way right um the the other thing is that we've, we've noticed that there is um when, when you look at sort of the, the, I would say the infrastructure around the, the, the colored community um, and, and specifically uh, females of color, there's still a lot lacking in terms of support. Uh, and, and it has different degrees to it. It's on the educational level. It's on mm-hmm. um, access to networks, access to capital. It's on mentorship. It's on um, entrepreneurial support. So we we are we've been approached by a number of large um, institutions, uh, mainly in the financial industry, that are saying, "Hey, your documentary kind of inspired us to think about this topic internally and see what we can do." And they are asking for help. So we are looking at um, you know putting together a platform um, to at least be you know we're not going to solve it, but at least be supportive um, for 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 our community um, and, and making sure that we we help wherever we can. So, so the help is, is going to be uh, twofold. On the one hand, it's going to be capital and, and let's help provide more access to capital for these amazing founders. And yeah. they just need the same fair shot as other ones are getting. Um, and then the second one would be around a uh, support network. So there's, there's different pockets of support networks globally. Um, oh, by the way, it's mainly in the US. 
Um, and we want we would like to have something in Europe as well. And then we would mm-hmm. like Europe and US to be talking to each other and 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 share experiences. And then similarly for um, uh, for Africa, we think there should be something as well. So we're thinking of ways to um, to put all these big corporations together with with massive amounts of resources um, to uh, to help the community. So that's that's kind of where we are. Um, so yeah, so we're doing it in 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 our small ways in a in a personal capacity. Uh, we think it should be kind of a bit more institutionalized and um, yeah. um, and structured. Um, so so we we can help and be supportive for a uh, for a bigger group. That sounds amazing. I can't wait to see what that that starts to look like. How how has this documentary, I guess, impacted your day job? You you know you invest in in startups in Asia. How how is that? Well, actually, let, let me ask it this way. One of the um, the criticisms I hear from diversity and inclusion leaders who work across Asia is that you know there's not enough. Um, local data or market research to support the work that they want to do in their part of the world. So I'm wondering how has this experience and and this documentary maybe had a positive impact on what you do in the investment community? Yeah, the one thing that I can say that I I can point to is um, um, that the topic has been discussed more in um, my history in this industry than, than ever before. So, so as of recent, mm-hmm. um, to give an example, I did a panel, uh, it was a virtual panel uh, for private equity managers specifically on this topic. And, and what I liked was uh, it was very much kind of around the, uh, the inclusion of female in the very male dominated um, you know, private equity and, and venture capital industry. Uh, so, and they, they used the documentary as an example to kind of showcase what we can do um, in in Asia. So whether it's um, having more female uh, board members in uh, in companies, having more female partners um, across uh, venture capital and private equity firms. So I, I like the fact that they 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 took the narrative of the documentary and sort of translated it to um, uh, so kind of to, to the Asian context. Um, so that w- that was very positive. Um, I speak to founders that that that, that are literally saying, hey, Mike, we've been inspired by your work in a documentary. We, we try to look at ourselves and see what we can do. Um, and again, not so much for the Black community in Asia, but more for look at diversity within our own teams uh, when it comes to different cultural backgrounds, again, when it comes to more uh, more female inclusion. So I'm, I'm glad that at least they use the documentary as an example to see what can what can they do um, in, in a personal capacity um, within, within, within their work. Yeah, that's such a positive impact the film has made because the concepts of discrimination, you know, are universal. How they come about and how they show up in in different countries um, are a bit different. But, of course, you can take those lessons and and put them into a a new place. So, yeah. Oh, I've been so excited to talk to you, Michael. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about the film or the work you've been doing that we haven't covered? Um, we've covered most of it. I, I think what is what is maybe some, something to something to kind of share is um, in making the movie, we noticed that the the people in the US were very open to discussing the topic. Um, it was difficult to get that same openness in Europe. Um, so we so we we literally we literally had to pull so many favors to have someone from Europe in the documentary. And, and we, we, we didn't find anyone. 
when the documentary was done, I flew to Europe and, and had a few conversations around um, sort of the document itself and the topic. And, and I explained to everyone who I had spoken to, like, yeah, we were, we were looking for speakers from Europe as well, but everyone said no. And literally everyone said, yeah, I guessed so. So it wasn't even, even a surprise. So to me, that also means that um, you can say about the US whatever you want. Uh, they were willing to be open and talk about it and, and address the topic. Uh, in Europe, it was literally literally the other way around. So um, that also means for me that there's, there's a lot of work to be done um, to even make this topic, um, just you know, make, it, make it a topic that, is, that, is, that people are willing to discuss um, in an open setting, in a public setting. Uh, we're, we're, definitely, we're definitely not there yet. So yeah. part of the work that I hope the documentary will do is, is kind of help uh, kickstart that discussion. Yeah. Look, I think it definitely has. <laughs> um, and it's a fantastic contribution to this this work and, and I think has moved things forward. And it's so nice to speak to you again and, and hear an update of all the good stuff you've been doing. Well, thanks for, thanks for, for having me. And, and yeah, again, sincerely honoured that I'm, that I'm mm-hmm. the first one to, uh, to get a, a second, second podium. Yeah. <laughs> we love learning from people who are trying to make a difference. And Michael is no exception. His story shows we can all contribute in some way. For Michael, it was sharing his story and eventually making a documentary with his friend and film producer, Aaron Stewart. This decision will have longer-term implications that will impact and support the black community. At the Culture Ministry, we know how challenging and lonely it can be working in diversity and inclusion and how progress is often slow. You might be just getting started in diversity and inclusion, or you might be on your way. The Culture Ministry is here to help you with your diversity and inclusion progress. Go to www.thecultureministry.com to learn more. If you enjoyed this episode and maybe learnt something, please share with your friends on social media. Give a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment. This makes it easier for others to find a dog called Diversity.